All right, what are we drinking today, Dono? I'm your number one fan of this new cocktail because we have a <laughs> film pub original coming at you right now, the Sheldon Spritzer. Let's get into it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, welcome back to the Film Pub Podcast. It's your favorite genre movies for college with a nostalgic twist. As always, mm-hmm. your hosts... Jack Cotel and Donovan McGuire will be talking about a different movie each week and sharing a drink from that movie. So yeah, today we have the absolute horror classic, Kathy Bates. Classic. Misery. Um, so yeah, this is, we're actually doing another one. I think the last, out of our last five or six episodes, this will be our third off of a Stephen King novel. Sorry about it, but he, all of his <laughs> books are just so diverse, so different. I can't even believe it's the same guy. Yeah, I can't even believe it's the same guy. But yeah, we got um, the Sheldon Spritz. So uh, yeah, to kind of explain the drink, if you've seen the movie Misery before, um, I'm not going to step on Dono's toes for the two-sentence summary. (laughs) Oh, don't be tapping on my toes. But something that the writer Paul Sheldon is known for throughout throughout the film is that when he finishes a book, he celebrates with a cigarette, and a glass of Dom Perignon champagne. So today we got a little champagne for you. Let me get that pop. That There was no pop. Damn it. No pop. <laughs> but that twist, that <laughs> mini twist bottle was of Prosecco, no pop. Wow. Uh, we'll edit in a little pop to the... <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's one part of the drink. And if you also remember, in the film, Paul Sheldon is... Trying to get away from the crazy bitch Annie Wilkes. <laughs> and, mm-hmm, fuck that and bitch. he, at one point, tries to put some orange pills into her wine glass to make her pass out. But obviously, that didn't work out in the middle of the film. But I'm going to do a little dash of Aperol. Me as well. And I'm going to poison my own drink. <laughs> I like the color. I like yeah. the color. Let's it's sexy, but while out. he's, uh, you know, trying out the drink, make sure that you're following us on all our social media. We got an Instagram. We have a YouTube at the Film Pub. And also, if you like, make sure that you're going to give us five stars on the podcast platform. Really helps us grow as our viewership and recommendations. So we really appreciate your viewers and keep on checking us out. Hell yeah. This this drink is actually really good, by the way. Yeah. I, like, have you ever yeah. had Aperol Spritz before? That's kind of where I got um, the inspiration for this film pub original yeah no i i'm also i'm a big fan of the spritz you know and it's it's may 1st today so it's starting to get a little warmer it's spritz season so this is a great way to (laughs) a great way to kick it off all right well uh should we get into it with uh oh here i'll give a brief overview of the film so um Mm. obviously this was based off of a uh stephen king novel in the 80s what year did this film come out dono uh, it came out, let me double check, I want to say like 1980, but I could be wrong. It came out in 1990, so it was I yeah. think it was an 80, 82 or 87 book or something like that. Um, starts Kathy Bates and James Caan, uh, and this was actually Kathy Bates's breakout role. She won uh, Best, Actric- Best Actress Oscar for this role of just being a crazy obsessed number one fan and uh james Kahn just plays the victim the entire time but uh why don't we uh get into the two sentence summary 
All right, two-sentence summary. We have, uh, based on the novel by Stephen King, author Paul Sheldon of the hit romance novel series, Misery, finishes his new book that's not Misery. He's trying to break out in Silver Creek, Colorado. But on the way back from his mountain lodge, he finds himself in a blizzard and crashes his car. In the wreck, Paul is discovered by Annie Wilkes and is taken into her mountain home where he must survive the torment by his number one fan. That's a good one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Very succinct. Um, <laughs> this is just such a good I movie. Appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> It is. Would you classify this as a horror movie? I think it really is, but I would say it's more of like a thriller yeah, yeah, I would definitely say it's a thriller. I was just uh, re-watching it before we hopped on, too, just to, you know, wet the mouth a little bit. And uh, it's definitely a thriller, but I think it's like a psychological thriller because the whole time you're just like, what would I do if I'm trapped by this obsessive, narcissistic, just batshit insane person? And it's, it's <laughs> awesome. Killer. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, literally deleting those fetuses. Like, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So, uh, doing the favorites, who's your favorite character of the movie? I mean, it's got to be James Caan, Paul Sheldon. I mean, he he just really – you sympathize with the person, like with Paul so much because he was with her for 18 months, locked in a, like four walls, locked in a room with the most disgusting legs I've ever seen. <laughs> You're like – Literally swollen purple, just like filled with pus, blood, and like everything. It's disgusting. But I mean, to be able to survive and also just like conquer Annie Wilkes, Kathy Bates, I mean, the whole time you're just rooting for Paul. He's he's awesome. But God bless. I couldn't even imagine. How about you? You know, I'm actually going to like, obviously, I don't like her as a person, but I got to say my favorite character is definitely Annie Wilkes, Kathy Bates. Mm. She, <laughs> you just. The thing I like about her, and I think Kathy Bates does it so well, is that she just turns on a dime so quick. Like, oh yeah, she'll oh, be yeah. she'll be like, oh, like good job writing this this uh, or here here, Paul, I just got you this paper, and then he's <laughs> like, uh, this actually this paper smudges, and then she goes, oh okay, um, well I'll go back to the store and get that for you, asshole, and then and he's like, what the fuck? Like, then he like throws a fucking stack of like all the paper on his. Car wreck legs. <laughs> she's insane. Also, like rewatching the first time, she like snaps, and he's like, she's like, "You need to burn your book, Paul." And he's like, "No, this is like the first thing that's not misery that I actually love." And then I didn't realize she starts freaking dousing him with gasoline as she's oh, casually yeah. talking. She's like, "All right, about, well, like saving him. If oh. You don't burn the book, I burn your ass." So, <laughs> oh God. She is a great actress. Like she deserves that Oscar. Yeah, like, I really the way, like, like you actress. said. Um, mm-hmm. Like she's done a lot of other stuff, like Titanic, and um, I don't know a lot more of like independent movies. But I because I yeah. think she got her start from like Broadway, so she's like a very big like mm. theater person. So you can kind of see that she's very theatrical in all of her roles that she does. Very oh yeah, that over the top that breakout performance in Waterboy just always. <laughs> <laughs> solidifies me i'm kidding um all right what's your favorite line from the movie all right my favorite line of the movie is the finale you know spoilers if you already didn't know but paul sheldon like finally gets he finishes misery which like the whole point of the movie is like her finding out misery dies and he has to rewrite it when he's in captivity and then at the end 
right when she's about to basically kill them both, he burns the book down and then throws a typewriter on her head. Yeah. Beats her down. Yeah, throws her to the ground. And then when she's, like, fighting on top of him, he, like, grabs the burning ashes. He's like, you want it? Eat it. Eat it till you choke, you sick Twist it, fuck! And it's just like, <laughs> like the raw emotion, and just the whole scene is just chaos, and it's just it's awesome. It's yeah, awesome. Annie How about got you? Her comeuppets at the very end. Oh, and then some. My God. <laughs> I also don't get how she got hit by in the head by a typewriter, and then blood's oozing out of her head, but then somehow she's still alive for like another like. She get remember she gets up again and he has to beat her in the head with a pig doorstop. Like, <laughs> yeah. dude, this chick is that a, was a tank. fat pig. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. She just had that hyped up crazy energy. Probably took some of the nursing like shots that he was giving him throughout the movie and just went Rambo on his ass. Fucking linebacker. Um, <laughs> no. Um. So my favorite line is um. It's just I love how it's so weird. Like Annie Wilkes, like she talks th- like in like a eighteen hundreds like. Amish English, oh, yeah. you know, like like way no way that actually someone in 1990 is speaking. Um, yeah, it's like, hmm, Paul, do you require the medication? So is that salt <laughs> like declare? <laughs> but no, she goes um, when uh, she's really pissed off at uh, Paul for um, killing off Misery in one of his old books before she makes him rewrite it. She says. I thought you were good, Paul, but you're not good. You're just another lying old dirty birdie. I mm. <laughs> I just love mm. that entire film. She keeps calling him a dirty birdie. And I'm like, what the dirty fuck birdie. is that? <laughs> oh, you scoundrel. It's a dirty birdie. <laughs> the worst <laughs> name in the book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, what's your favorite aspect of the movie, like, overall? Uh, I think I kind of already just touched on it is that I just really like um, the acting in this. I really like Kathy Bates. I thought was the perfect cast in this just because she can flip a switch. So, so fast. You don't know whether she's mm-hmm. going to be like nice Annie Wilkes or like batshit crazy Annie Wilkes. It's going to put a sledgehammer to your ankles. So <laughs> like, Oh God, the hobbling or the cobbling, whatever it is. Oh, like, is she playing her Liberace CDs or is, um, <laughs> is she injecting you with some, I, I don't chloroform. I don't know what, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> I was like, I hope, I hope not. I feel like you'd be dead like in a second. <laughs> uh. What's your favorite aspect? So I was kind of having like trouble. Like obviously the acting is awesome, but I think reflected on the movie and the book as a whole, my favorite aspect is just the story and how they're able to contain this, you know, feature length film, an hour and 47 minutes, basically within four walls. Like yes. just, uh, it's, it's amazing how creative and like the slow burn where Annie Wilkes just, you can see that she's just not the caring old lady that saved Paul. She is <laughs> insane. And she would rather kill them both. Like, murder suicide then actually get him the help that he needs so i think just the overall story and stephen king and the shot in the film it's just stephen king yeah he's he's a wizard with the words you know (laughs) um it's awesome it's awesome but you know you're glued to your seat while paul's glued to his bed so yeah i love it (laughs) oh okay well i think we got to talk about one of the worst like 
it's one of the hardest scenes to ever watch in oh, movie history. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> the hobbling it's scene. Uh, if you don't know, it is um, uh, Annie Wilkes finally figures out that Paul somehow got out using a body bobby pin, uh, a wheelchair, and his intuition. And he uh, he kept getting out, but then he would come back in before she got back to the house. But then she figured out how he got out, and she was like, you know what? Uh, I don't want you going anywhere, so I'm going to put a wood plank in between your two ankles. And then I'm going to uh, hit both ankles inward with a sledgehammer. And his ankles, I don't, I, I don't, I don't even know how to describe oh. it. They just go. They, they Kevin where they just snap. They literally just go <laughs> ninety degrees. It's the most one of the most horrifying scenes like in cinema. Just because you're just watching the slow burn, the freaking four by four post in between his legs and a sledgehammer and the snap, the snap, uh, just ah, uh, the snap and my the dreams. scream. Oh, oh, I mean, how how was he able to walk at the end? I mean, I, like eight eight months later or something like eighteen months later, like he's walking like, I know with he a had cane. A, I'm like, um, yeah, your your ankles were full right angles like <laughs> two minutes ago. Like, what happened? And no way those heel those legs after the initial like car accident like it looked like a sausage gone wrong, dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. No way those healed properly. Just like tying a broomstick to your leg, like yeah, they no, needed that... surgery. Yeah, but yeah, oh my got, gosh, how painful from the crash. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But how painful do you think it is to be hobbled? Like oh, my, I, mean, I wouldn't I even, even imagine. I, no. I, I can't oh. even. I can't. I'm, I'm at a loss for words, and which is which is the best thing to happen on a podcast. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, maybe we just have to do a big uh, fundraiser. Cotel is going to get hobbled for all our our avid listeners. <laughs> <laughs> What's okay? This is all right. This is going way off, but now it's on my mind. How much? Would I or, or fans have to donate to you to voluntarily hobble yourself? Well, am I going to be able to walk? I'm going to have to walk in a cane. No, I can't run ever again. No, you have to pay me $300 million. $300 million. All right, fans. Let's start getting the <laughs> checkbooks out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I I agree. How Somewhere much are you going there. for? What the – what? Well, I, I'm not going for like pocket change, but I, I think I would go like – yeah, you know, I go a hundred million, hundred million. I feel like by then I could utilize some robot technology, just be built better. Do some <laughs> limit, Lieutenant Dan legs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, exactly. at this point, just amputate them all and I'll just get some titanium alloy. Seriously, we have the technology. We could build him stronger. He won't be Dono. <laughs> he will be Wano. <laughs> You'll be the hundred million dollar man. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my you, okay, you know. What I yeah. Was anyway, actually, back on the movie. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about? So, character of Paul Sheldon, because you know we just recently our last episode was the Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that Paul and Andy Dufresne from Shawshank are very similar. Like, well, first of all, they're both uh, tall drinks of water with a silver no, spoon up their spoon ass. up their ass. <laughs> but um. Also, I just think that they're both super, super smart and patient. 
and they're very mm. meticulous. Like they both take their time to end up escaping. Like Andy takes twenty years in prison to shovel out of a wall with a rock hammer, and Paul Sheldon takes what was it, eighteen months to write an entire novel just to end up burning it and mm-hmm. uh, take out the chick so he can leave. Oh, I've never. I mean, I've never even thought of like the two movies in the same space, but, but yeah, it's I both, mean, it's when both you lay it out escape, like that, I guess so. Exactly, yeah. and just like the perseverance, the hope that you're actually gonna escape—that's that's beautiful. That's a great connection there. Thank I never you. even thought about. I it don't like know that. if I would have figured that out if we hadn't done Shawshank last, but True. Um, yeah. Oh, I got another question. Eighteen. So months. you know, Paul Sheldon. He doesn't seem like the person that would write romance novels. He seems kind of like a loner. Also, like, my question is, do you think you would read those books, the misery books? Uh, no. Like, just uh, to answer that one initially, no. It just, like, really reminds me of, like, Bridgerton or, like, Downton Abbey and, like, all that. And I just... Like we were talking about earlier, like, I think maybe that's why Annie Wilkes, you know, maybe talks in that, you know... 1800s type of dialect oh, is like maybe because of the books like and all when that. it's set yeah yeah so maybe you know something along those lines but i just i do not care about the duchess of york getting together with the mistress of edinburgh or something like that like <laughs> it's just so like i do not care it's just no, like so, it's just so dated i don't know that's what yeah i remember i was saying that yeah. on, on another one i think it was indiana jones i was saying i just really don't like the period piece stuff really like mm-hmm. that period like the i don't think those misery books are necessarily like i i don't i don't know like i don't really like the whatever you call it like the old age england uh with like queens and duchesses and stupid shit like that you know yeah i agree and then going back to your other point i mean it must have been so cathartic, dude, just to burn that, like, that book. I'm sure that's, like, literally what fueled him to finish that novel, mm-hmm. which is, like, I'm going to burn this. I'm going to make her miserable, and then I'm about to kill that bee. Like, <laughs> I, that's, I mean, if you're just sitting, like, sitting in bed for 18 months with nothing to do, your mind would probably go into some dark places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is actually one, too, out of all the Stephen Kings where we've actually seen the movie but we both read the book as well Mm -hmm. uh shout out jack he lent me the book great 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 man um and it's gonna be probably an easy answer but after experiencing both modes of consumption do you prefer the movie or the book you know and and that's like kind of like our hunger games discussion yeah it's just like obviously the book has so much more detail and it's so mm-hmm. – I think it's I think it's a lot different in a lot of ways too. Um, but uh, I think that – I well, also, I watched the movie before I read the book, which I think mm. kind of changes it. Because then once you've – because you always – whatever one you've uh, consumed first, you're going to compare the second one to that one. So I true, was more comparing true. the book to the movie, um, if mm. that makes sense. And I was like, oh, this isn't as same. So I don't know. I think they're both good in like their different ways. But I definitely, I, if I was going to like repeatedly consume one, it would be the movie, I think. Mm, I like that. I like that. That is cool. I don't know. I just think the, just one thing like worth mentioning is like 
The book is amazing just because when he's sitting in that bed and he's just festering with his thoughts, you get in the inner mind of Paul Sheldon and just like how he just fantasized about killing that bee all the time and just like him coping with like getting off all the drugs that she was feeding him to just to be able to escape and have the mental capacity to think and just the indescribable pain he felt. Oh, goosebumps. Terrible. Awful. Mm. Um. Okay, a question I have. So they kind of just drop it on you in the movie is that just all of a sudden Paul looks through her old memory lane scrapbook and then we realize that she just killed a bunch of babies at hospitals when she was a nurse, which I don't think they ever go into explaining like why she did that. And also, how did she get out? Because she got arrested. So yeah, yeah. Was it I? I don't like they were calling her the Dragon Lady. Um, I don't know how she ended up getting the charges dropped from ten infant murders. But yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, one baby, maybe two babies on your hand. You know, that's that's just medical practice. Things happen. (laughs) But but I mean. 10 babies and i mean back to back that even the news part like article is like following how many kids are dying at your hospital there's got to be a lot of evidence and I, i'm i'm blanking maybe they explain it in the book but yeah the oh, dragon yeah, it's probably in the book i just i read the book i think in seventh grade so i really don't mm, remember oh, it very yeah much. it's been a minute but yeah. still like you know, she basically dropped the, like, quote that, oh, you know, only God could judge me type of thing. It's yeah. like, no, no, <laughs> you killed 10 babies. I think it's going to judge you pretty damn poorly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, do you have anything else? Or should we move on to pub facts? Let's get into pub facts, you dirty old birdie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll go first. Um, so talking about that famous hobbling scene, um, in the, in the book, I do remember this is, um, Annie Wilkes actually chopped off his ankles with an Mm. ax and didn't do Mm -hmm. a hobbling. So that, that motherfucker's got some nubbins at the end. Um, (laughs) and he's not walking. Um, but so initially that was a part of the script was his, uh, feet were going to get chopped off with an axe i would have been really really gory um and other directors uh initially were attached to the project and they just didn't really not they couldn't get around that scene they wanted to do something different um Mm. but rob reiner uh who was the director he was up for the challenge and he was like you know what i think that might be a little much but i want to capture that essence still of like a horrible scene to watch so he uh, decided to tweak it a little bit. And apparently Kathy Bates uh, initially was really mad that it changed. She was really excited for the, uh, for the <laughs> shopping. But then oh also... Oh my god, just the quick amputation. All right, Kathy. But then apparently also, like, because there's a lot of violent scenes in there. Apparently during filming, though, she would cry and get upset a lot during the violent scenes. She thought they were too violent. So I'm like, pick, pick your fucking poison, Kathy. <laughs> yeah. Like... They they brought it way down where you're hitting a guy with a sledgehammer and not an axe. So, like, I don't know. Oof. Pick your battles. Yeah, seriously, pick a side. Um, so I only have one pub fact, but it's kind of like around the the original conception. Um, it's kind of more, I guess, 
a book fact? I don't know. But it's around like the original story and how uh, the inspiration for Stephen King's novel um, was that he fell asleep on an airplane, like a flying somewhere. And uh, he apparently just woke up and was startled a person saying in like a crazed voice, I'm your number one fan. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. So apparently out there, there is a real Annie Wilkes who met him on a plane. And all right, well, check the news clippings for dead babies because we <laughs> we know where to find her now. <laughs> oh. um, uh, what else okay. you got for me? <laughs> I got two more. Um, so apparently Jack Nicholson was initially offered the role of Paul Sheldon, um, but oh. he didn't want to do another Stephen King's uh, story like right after The Shining. Uh, mm. So he declined it but like that's and apparently there were a lot of other people that were considered before james con but jack nicholson i don't know if like you would he doesn't have this sounds kind of weird but he doesn't have as like kind of eyes as james con where you can like feel that he's the victim i feel exactly. like you're gonna and especially after seeing him in the shining you're just thinking that when he's at that typewriter he's gonna be writing all work and no plays <laughs> makes jack a dull boy not uh <laughs> not the misery novels so i'm kind of glad they did that because that would have been two roles where he's like with a typewriter so that's kind of oh you're right yeah so it would have been interesting. i don't know kind of a a hot take. I honestly, I think I could see Jack Nicholson like in that role, like kind of like his weird, creepy, charming smile where you can kind of tell he like wants something like beyond the surface, like get me out of this fucking bed. Mm. Like, I could weirdly see him in that role. But yeah, I could definitely understand why I want to do something else than Stephen King. Um, And then my last one, quick one is apparently James Caan. Like, obviously, you know, most of the movie, he's in bed. He had to spend 15 straight weeks of shooting just in bed. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Talk about bed sores. (laughs) (laughs) His legs actually started looking like they were. I was like, he really just went full method actor, gone to a car crash right before it. (laughs) And, oh. Um, All right. Well, uh, should we move on to the ratings? Let's do it. All right, so uh, what are you going to give the drink? You know, I think this is super solid. Like I said, it's a summer spritzer. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Very solid, very tasty. I agree. I'm going to give it a 7.4. It's a little bit sweet. I might have just put too much Aperol in there, but Mm. uh, uh, it's definitely good, and I think it encapsulates the entire story of Paul Sheldon and Andy Wilkes. Uh, And then what are you going to give the movie? I think it's a very solid movie. The acting's awesome. Um... And I think I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. 7.5 out of 10. How about you? I think I'm going to give it a 7.2. I've been doing some really high ones. But this is definitely a really good one, really good thriller. And I think it's also one of Stephen King's kind of lesser known movie book adaptations. But yeah, yeah. very solid. Um, all right. Well, I think that does it for us today. We'll uh, get another episode out to you next week. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Film Pub. Godspeed. Godspeed.